Welcome to Talking Marvel Plus. I'm Dennis. I'm Dyer. And if you like podcasts that are all about Emma Frost, this is the episode for you. Emma Frost? Somewhere I've what? got an Emma Frost clip where I used to. Those that have been with us from the Talking WandaVision days knows that I've got a Emma, Emma Frost. Um, but I, I don't believe I've got that. Hmm. Probably didn't save that clip. That's a, but regardless, that's a we're not talking about Emma Frost tonight. She will be mentioned, but we're not spending the entire podcast. This is not her. talking Emma Frost. Although that's Daniel's I'm, other and, podcast. And if Daniel was here, which um, he joined us um, <laughs> back way back when we first started this um, podcast series, mm-hmm. uh, Daniel was on episode the second episode of Talking WandaVision, as it was titled at the time, and went wax poetic about his love for Emma Frost um, early on in that episode. And um, I don't know where I was going with that. <laughs> I lost my yeah. train of thought. But he he would be... He, he went early on and heavy on Emma Frost. And I did want to mention that he also those of you who have been with us for a while also know that I am frequently referred to as like eighth host or eighth chair, or ninth chair, or... 735th chair. Yes. You know. Just, yeah. He was introduced as the third chair in that episode. It did not correct me. Therefore, I think Daniel's the official third chair. Mm. He, he, he claimed it himself. Yeah. He's not here to uh, defend himself, so Daniel is the third chair. Well, you got demoted a long time after. Uh, maybe that's what. Yeah, maybe you, know, you got maybe. demoted. He got yeah. promoted because we asked you what was going on in an episode, and you had the blankest of all faces. <laughs> yeah, I kind of remember that. But this week we are talking about X Men First, First Class, Class, the 2011 film directed by. Did it come out in 2011? Yes, yeah, it came out in 2011, and it was directed by was Brian, Brian Singer. Singer. He was the guy who directed the. It was directed by Matthew. It was directed by Matthew Vaughn. They wanted to get Singer, but uh, he got in trouble for diddling little kids. Well, this was before that, but he was. When I was reading through the trivia, he they he was asked to do it and was already committed on another project um, that nobody remembers. He uh, directed Days of Future Past, though. Yeah, so I, I think... Which he, is he's like, kind oh, of... I wanted to... But he's credited... Is he credited with anything on Days of Future Past? I mean, on First Class? Maybe not. Anyway, all right, continue. Sorry. Yeah, so Brian Singer was... Um, he, was busy, he was busy developing his project, um, Jack the Giant Slayer. Oh, yeah, had Hugh McGregor, who's going to be in the Obi-Wan series on May 25th. Yes, but I don't know I don't know Jack the Giant Slayer, do you? Uh, no, uh, I think it's a different take on Jack and the Beanstalk. You know what's significant? Real quick, welcome to Talking Obi-Wan Talk. Um, you know what's significant about the release date of Obi-Wan in May? Yeah, it's May 25th, which I believe is the anniversary date of the original Star Wars film. Mm-hmm. 45 like, years. 45. Is it right? It can't be right. It came out 77, yeah. 77, yeah. 77, yeah. Why is it that I know? 
for those of you who don't know, Dyer and Dyer are from Terre Haute, Indiana. So anything from the 70s, you inherently revolve around the year 1979. I don't know about you, but I always like, when did Larry Bird go on his run with Indiana State University? Oh, 79. So anything around 70, any date around 79, I'm like, oh, that was just two years before Larry Bird dominated the world. Right. Right. (laughs) And two years after, and then after that, ISU was uh, irrelevant again until the mid 2000s. Uh, early 2000s 2000 to 2001 they made the tournament and then they ever since no they made the tournament once in two nits okay but regardless <laughs> they hired they a buffoon in 2011 they hired a buffoon as their head coach <laughs> oh yeah they lost to texas right no no they lost to syracuse in did they play in did they play in texas we're gonna go with that I want to say they played in San Antonio. Yeah, I want to say that because I remember watching it in middle school. They took us to the gym and we got to watch it. No, you're getting. Oh, you're talking about 2000. Yes, in 2000, 2000, they lost to Texas. 2001, they beat Oklahoma in overtime. That's what I'm thinking of. 2000, yeah. And then 2011, they played. I'm going to say they got um, 33rd place in the tournament because they were technically the last team eliminated. Right, and they, and they got pounded at about the game ended around midnight, so they were the last team to be eliminated from the first round. Anyway, none of you care about that. But yeah, it's forty five years to the date uh, that A New Hope was released, so it's really cool that Disney is putting out the Obi Wan series forty five years to the date from when the character was introduced. Yeah, but it would have been cool if they just released it on May the fourth. Okay, okay, every other nerd on Reddit. Not me fourth would have been cool. Mm. And then and then and then Disney did the did the well actually to them. Well actually the twenty fifth is more significant because I am now talking like um Are you gonna argue with the mouse? Don't argue with the mouse. The yeah. mouse knows all. South Park clearly demonstrated why you do not argue with the mouse. You don't fuck with me. <laughs> anyway, back to X-Men first class. Yes. So this film was a box office success. I won't say a smash hit. Yeah, because but it made enough for them to continue making the movies. I think the the budget was yeah, the budget was 160 million. The opening weekend was 55 million. Um domestic it didn't even make a profit. Worldwide it made 352 million, but it was a like almost a $15 million loss just domestically, which really? kind of shocked me. But there was a bit of X-Men fatigue, I would say. Yeah. Because yeah, we had didn't... all, think of all the movies that came out before first class. Well, we had, right. We had X-Men. We had X-Men Origins Wolverine. We had X2, X3. We had. Um... When was oh. the Wolverine? I want to was... say that. No, I think the Wolverine was. I'm looking it up. I'm looking it up. The Wolverine was 2013, so it was later. Yeah, but it was kind of right there in the middle of uh, the Wolf, of, of X Men for First Class and Days of Future Past. Yeah. So, um, I th- I did not see this in theaters. I believe I rented it from iTunes. <laughs> You know, I don't think I saw it in theaters either. No, because no, which I think fun. explains why no, and this would have been 
like right up my alley but i think the mcu stuff was just so like in your face amazing yeah it was taken off at the time. They're like really an x-men movie it's not part of that universe i don't care about x-men right now right yeah like you're right we we had x-men fatigue for a little bit and you're thinking like i don't care about charles xavier's backstory no and really though they do they do magneto's backstory you know because you see it at the beginning of x-men like the one with patrick stewart and mckellen where he's taken from his mom and they do the whole gate they actually show that scene albeit kind of recreation at the beginning of this yeah and that's where we're introduced to kind of the backstory behind that and then um kevin bacon who is always six degrees separated from anybody else, uh, six degrees of Kevin Bacon instead of six degrees of separation. He's a Nazi scientist trying to get mutants abilities to, you know, present themselves. Um, yeah. Long story short, he kills Magneto's mom, which causes Magneto's powers to fully develop. develop. He hits mutant puberty. Yeah. It's like extreme stress. Yes. So we get the X-Men equivalent of a, um, the, <laughs> if, if they don't, the X-Men, instead of cage fighting being the trope, which there are some cage fights in X-Men movies, you get uh, Holocaust scenes instead. Uh, yeah, pretty much. And they spend way more time on Magneto's backstory and almost none on Xavier's. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So they Which do is weird because Xavier well, to me is the more so because they're really a, clearly they're setting up for later films. Magneto. So, but but hang on. He, yeah. Is Michael Fassbender the quote unquote bigger of the two actors? Michael Fassbender, James McAvoy. Sure, James McAvoy's been in Split and um, Oh, Fassbender is by far the more predominant actor. I, I would say that he's been in more stuff. Uh, recently and more prevalent than McAvoy. McAvoy's been in a lot of stuff, and you say James McAvoy, people are going to go, huh? You know, I will be honest. To- I thought, I remember when there's trailers coming out for this, and I just was casually interested. I, for the longest time before, I mean, once the movie came out, I realized it wasn't, but I thought it was Zach Braff, James McAvoy. No, I don't honestly see that at all. It's the hair. It's the hair. Mm, okay I, i'm not saying it makes a lot of sense <clears throat> it doesn't it doesn't at all yeah i think you're... anyway um, um but the the actor i will say um the actor who did the role of young magneto eric leshner yeah um i'm trying to think find his name here but uh he did a really good job like for a child actor right you know both of them both of them did a really good job um like that could have been real bad i guess is what i'm saying i see yeah we've seen kid actors that don't do a good job like and kind of going back to wandavision i'm not thrilled on the way the kids acted in wandavision like Billy and Tommy, yeah, it only works based on the sitcominess of it. 
Right. But like which the kids actors and sitcoms were traditionally not good. But yeah, right. I, I get what you're saying. It was kind of cool. But that's the kind of so that's how they can get around the whole recasting if they decide to in uh multiverse of madness because like the kids age so quickly. Um, you know, one one minute they're like one episode they're babies, the next they're toddlers. Like not even toddlers, they're like ten year olds, and then like the next time we see them, they could be teenagers. Uh, that could be in the um, Young Justice League, not in Justice League, Young Avengers. <laughs> Good lord! <laughs> yeah. So I talked to your brother today uh, outside the gym about the Batman coming oh. out, and we talked about DC for a little bit. So that's that's where that came from. Gotcha. Yeah, he's uh If this podcast was talking. Justice League. We would have no audience because nobody cares, but he would be a host. <laughs> True that. True that. Um, I, sorry. Sorry, folks. As shade as we throw on DC, their animated stuff is pretty good. Oh, I love their animated stuff. I mean, I, Flashpoint was really good. Their movies are just the tone is all wrong. Their, their live actions just... Meh. Some of the, yeah, I mean, just going... It looks about, the, with the fear of going down a tangent... The Batman looks like it'll be it'll kind of break that mold a little bit. Maybe. Yeah, it looks like it could be good. And but I will even say, Adam, even Adam Green Arrow, they're going to screw it up. I will say, Green Arrow, that first season and a half, were oh, some yeah, yeah. of the most fun I've had watching TV. When he comes back from Liam Yu and, and everything, but Leon Yu, but it gets real soap opery real quick, quick, real quick. Yeah, when the. The him lost in the jungle trying to get off the island and stuff. Yeah, that was really cool. It was yeah, really yeah. cool. R- very well done. They had no plan after that. And then it turned no, out to but every CW, CW bullshit. Every CW show is like that. The first yeah. episode or the first season's pretty phenomenal or pretty like, good. Did you ever watch? I, this is going to sound stupid. Did you watch Riverdale? No. The first season of Riverdale? Not bad. <laughs> I'd rather pluck out my eye lashes one by one with a rusty okay if you're, if you're if you're talking about shows that you can watch with your wife um, yeah i guess i mean it's no it's no drop dead diva anyway her and i'm <laughs> getting married next week <laughs> anyway but um so i i have a new segment for us okay if i know we're not really a segment show we're more of a just stream of consciousness show mm-hmm. um but uh it's called and this really only applies to these older movies, but I'm going to call it the IMDb trivia bullshit of the week. Okay. And it's whatever on IMDb, the trivia that I find least plausible. And IMDb is kind of like Wikipedia. You can write whatever you want. And you can go down a rabbit hole pretty quick. Yeah, you can. It, a lot of it, I, I question the validity of, but this, listen to this. Okay. To prepare for his role as Charles Xavier, James McAvoy shaved his head. He soon learned that the filmmakers wanted Xavier to have a full head of hair in this prequel. Right there, that's problematic because prequel mm-hmm. is really a prequel. It's a whole new thing. Throughout the first month of filming, McAvoy had to wear hair extensions. He finally shaved his head for X-Men Apocalypse. I he shaved bullshit. his head, but he had to wear hair extensions. So he shaved his head in preparation, but then they started filming. 
I would think if I'm getting paid millions of dollars, someone's yeah. telling me what to do with my hair. That is mm-hmm. that is what I call bullshit. And someone made some some jabroni typed this into <laughs> a prequel because this is not a prequel. This is definitely like a nerd alert nerd. I mean, capital te- N typing this in. Technically, I mean, it's it a prequel is to a prequel. what? It's a, it's a prequel you know, to the X Men series. But 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 you can't be prequel very- to existing like all this it's very prequel-ish it's prequel-ish but it's not like it's a direct prequel to the other films you know what i mean like how do you write a prequel to something that's been around since the 60s right no i'm, I'm i see what you're saying but my point I'm is sure, james I'm McAvoy sure when they... didn't just shave his head for the fuck of it. <laughs> I'm sure when they started this, they they told them it was going to be a multi episode, a multi movie deal. Yeah, you can think we they agree? Sign, can we agree they, that that's wait, probably on. not true? <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. Do you think when they signed on and they did First Class, Days of Future Past, Apocalypse, do you think they said? Uh, kind of like the you know the terms in baseball or football, like it's a three year deal with a with a team option for the fourth. Yeah. So, do you think it was a three year deal, three movie deal, and then it was a Fox option for the fourth, and Fox said, "Yeah, let's go ahead and make it," and then they just kind of shit the bed. Well, how much how much of the original cast from First Class is in Dark Phoenix? Uh, as someone who recently watched Dark Phoenix, just to get it out of the way, uh, <laughs> I mean, I know McAvoy and Fassbender are in it, so obviously McAvoy, they're the two. McAvoy, Fassbender, Beast, Raven. Raven. Okay, so the heavy hitters are definitely there. That's it, though. That's Nobody it? else from First Class is in there because Cyclops is in the First Class. They have somebody that's like Cyclops, but not Cyclops. Speaking of Cyclops, did you notice Cyclops in this film? He wasn't in this. He's not in this film. He is. He is? When they're... Um, there's a scene when they're showing like all these mutants across the world. I, oh, so when, when... And there's like there's clearly one that's supposed to be Storm, and there's a kid playing baseball in sunglasses and broad... Like, uh, in, okay, so it's, that's It's very evident. Like, who else would that be? It's right. hinted. I mean, obviously, so, you could say it's not. They never say his name. But. Did you like the prototype that Hank made of Cerebro? No, <laughs> no, I didn't, I didn't like it. I don't think did. And, did and they could have used it more. They could have used Hank, it more. Right, like, I don't but understand. did Hank McCoy create Cerebro? I always thought that was Professor X. Yeah, I mean, if you there's some real continuity issues with the other films, and if this is a prequel, there's definitely Hank is like a mutant because he's got weird looking eight feet. That's it. Like he's normal, but he takes off his shoes and he's got weird looking feet. And so he takes the cure and and I guess he's making blue and hairy. He's got super athletic abilities. Like, okay, I'd take monkey feet over that. Oh, for sure. And like, but. So the cure that we saw in X3 kind of plays a role in this and Hank takes it because he wants Raven to take it too. And she said, no. So he takes it thinking to cure him, but it turns him into blue and hairy. Yeah. Because Raven really just has the hots for Magneto. And yeah. And she kind of, 
Did you notice Rebecca Romaine uh, makes a cameo as uh, as Mystique? Like, so when she's in bed trying to seduce Magneto, and he's like, I want the real Raven. Oh, like, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Re- Rebecca Romaine Stamos, who plays Raven and, or Mystique in all the three X-Men, you know, that came out earlier in 2000. Um, she has a brief cameo. She, yeah, she, I, I did notice that. Not that you. Mm-hmm. I kind of mm-hmm. forgot about it, but the I I remember I remember this movie when I first watched it. I mean, we're not, I don't think we really need to go plot point by plot point. No, we don't. But it's very, it's, it's got like a sixties James Bond esque like plot. it does. It and, does. And I was reading the director because Moyer, what was her name? Something McHotshot, McTaggart, McTaggart. I think like she's a CIA spy, and she yeah. like. Um, yeah, so kind of set the scene. She's a spy, and like the end credits are very like Doctor No, right? You got X's falling, and it was cool. It was cool, and I remember that when I first watched it, like the tone felt very like spy, uh, spy film, covert spy film. But the thing, the one critique I'll have of this film is it is fun. Well, I have multiple, but one of them ties directly into what we saw in Logan, or I mean, not in Logan, but in um. Um, X-Men Origins Wolverine so I'll get yeah. there okay but what I was going to say the my biggest critique because I had fun with this the first like I would say 35 to 45 ish minutes I get really fucking confused as to what the fuck is going on yeah yeah I do too <laughs> and it's like, mostly it's not, it, Sebastian Stan's character or the character of Sebastian Stan Kevin Sebastian Bates. Shaw Shaw Sebastian Stan <laughs> Sebastian is Stan's Bucky about- yes bucky yeah bucky barnes is not in this that would be crazy um but yeah that that's my biggest critique is that like the scene like with the submarine in the beginning and him trying to yeah because it's like you're trying to like wrap your brain around who magneto is who xavier is and then you're trying what shaw Shaw is which is also a fair which to its credit is something that happens in every James Bond film. You're trying to figure out what the fuck is going on for the first time. Right. right. Yeah, you're trying to figure out something goes on and then there, there's, there's that then there's that moment that it kind of clicks. Yes. And you say, oh, so like uh, Inspector, right? So I was watching Spectre, the, not the newest James Bond, but like one of the second and newest. And you kind of go, what in the flying hell is going on? Yes. And then and then when uh, Christoph... Uh, Christoph um, Waltz. Waltz uh, once he like kind of steps out of the shadows and he goes, "Hey, I'm Blowfield." And then you go, or like they show him doing something. You're like, "Oh, okay, he's the head of Spectre. Like he killed James's dad, supposedly." You know, so I still haven't seen this new one that's out, but um, yeah. So and then like. The CIA recruits uh, Charles and his like beginning mutants, um, and then Shaw kills them all except for Charles and Magneto and Raven, pretty much. Yeah, kind of pissed Darwin got killed off. Yeah. So here's here's one of my critiques, uh, and I think everybody knows where I'm going with, but I'm gonna say it again. So at the end of this movie. Uh, McTaggart is shooting at Magneto. He's deflecting bullets. One of them goes awry and hits Xavier. Charles in the spine, paralyzing him, right? 
we see in X-Men Origins of Wolverine that Patrick Stewart gets off the Blackbird and walks uh, and is shown standing for all. <laughs> so your problem is it's not in continuity with, with X-Men Origins. Yes. I think you might have your priorities out of line. <laughs> no, because if you think about it in this timeline, right, it goes X-Men First Class, Days of Future Past, Apocalypse. Then yeah, suppose- so you're saying then- that they adhere to the, all the timeline, he theoretically can walk. Theoretically, yes. Maybe Xavier has learned how to with his Force brain. Projection. What? Oh, anyway, has with his brain figured out how to um, will his legs to stand. And he's just a lazy bastard, is what you're saying. He just sits in the chair for the. Well, it just right requires now. a lot of energy and effort. But if he really wants to make a strong statement, hmm. <laughs> he'll stand. Yeah, it's probably hmm. yeah. It, hmm. I, I'm sure you can go down a rabbit hole if you really want to. If you just Google, how is Charles Xavier able to stand in X-Men Origins Wolverine? Not going to Google that. I don't want that in my history. <laughs> Plus, it's too much to type. Yeah, but if you did, <laughs> the you FBI might find would some convoluted hey, you know, backwoods way of... <laughs> you know that scene in Christmas Vacation where the FBI comes through his windows because he abducts his boss? Uh, that's what would happen if I Googled how is Charles Xavier able to stand at the in X-Men Origins Wolverine. Yes. Kick through all my windows and arrest me as I'm sleeping. Don't do that. That's a lot of glass you gotta replace. And then the FBI would replace that. Yeah, well. Do you know that it's probably more cost effective for you claim. to bust out a large window than a small window? But say that again. So it's more caught. It's probably at least in automobiles. It would behoove you if you've locked your keys in the car to bust out a small, uh, a bigger window than a smaller window. Example, real life example. I had uh, somebody I worked with, a professor, used to have a, a truck. And trucks back in the day used to have those little triangle windows that open, kind of like to let air in. Yes. You know, uh, he locked his keys in his truck, so he busted out that small window to, get, and he was able to get in there and reach in the keys. So he filed a claim with his insurance or, or no, I'm sorry. He went to the repair shop and he said, Hey, I just need this piece of glass. How much is it? And the guy's like gave him some really high price. And he goes, why is it that expensive? And he goes, well, you know, it's because uh, it's smaller glass. It's harder to get in. Essentially. He goes, you would have been better off just breaking your big window. Cause it would have been cheaper for us to replace that. So yeah, I would, I know firsthand with my line of work that is that is very much the case. Yeah, which is kind of backwards, but it has to do with uh, <laughs> to to put everyone to sleep. When, like, for example, windshields are mass produced in larger quantities. Right. right. So Those little tiny co- triangle yes. windows aren't right. They yeah. aren't. They're li- they're harder to find. They cost right. more. And they're a bitch right. to install. Right. No, I get it. I get it. I mean, I understand yeah. that. Yeah, I don't have to you be, just intuitively would not think that. I don't have to be in the insurance field to understand how that works as a marketing major or someone who is, you know, that just knows daily life. Anyway, long story short, um, that was tangent talk. Tangent talk. We're just segmenting out the entire episode. This episode is sponsored by tangent talk. I, I will say I really enjoyed the final 
action sequence um, with the Cuban Missile Crisis. Right. Yeah. So they don't with have a ships, Cyclops. Like Cyclops was, isn't there, but don't they have a guy that shoots the laser beam, beam out of his chest? His chest, right? Well, so or <sighs> not his chest, but he like he just he like concentrates he just, energy and shoots out rays like in an X, right, or something like that, because it's like from his arms and his legs or whatever. But so they put that circle on his like chest, like the early, yeah, the, the early visor for um, yeah. Um, do you know Rupert Beast Grant? is essentially Q in this film? Yeah, yeah. He's Do you know <laughs> Rupert Grant, aka uh, Ron from the yes. Harry Potter's in this? Yeah, he's the what you what you might call it. He's the is, uh, isn't he Banshee or is he Banshee or is he or is he? Yeah, he's Banshee. Yeah. Um, which I guess makes sense. I mean, I was fine with it. I mean, he Banshee. Yeah, Banshee. You've got Banshee's usually um uh, scottish i think but anyway uh, yeah uh, i'm gonna look up to see what i'm gonna look up to see what party plays so continue talking i was uh not the biggest fan of the character of pretty much all of the bad mutants yeah they're not Uh, great they're not great with the exception being emma frost Right, I, and, I mean, like, is uh, she necess- is she bad or no? I'm sorry, Rupert Grant's not Banshee. That's Caleb Jones. Rupert Grant is. I don't think he's in this one. He is. I'm 95 percent sure. I thought he was. You're, you're uh, yeah. I think you're wrong, but that doesn't matter. Anyway, yeah. sorry. Yeah. So the the thing about the character, uh, for example, Azazel or whatever you say his name, uh, Azale, yeah, the the devil guy, right, yeah. I, I just, no, he's I, Nightcrawler. It's just the precursor to Nightcrawler. Yeah, he's essentially Nightcrawler. He's red and he teleports. Nightcrawler's blue, blue and he teleports. And he, teleports. <laughs> and he Nightcrawler's yeah, he's like from Germany. Anti, he's the anti Nightcrawler. Um, I just th- that power always just. I don't know. It to, to me, you could, if you think about it too much, he could basically break the entire plot. He could. If, yeah. What are the? You don't ever like. They don't say what the limits of his powers are. But why doesn't he just go pew, pew, and then stab everybody? Like right. They, it, like with the raid on the CIA scene. Yeah. Just yeah. kill everyone. It, that off. would be that would be too much uh, too much hand wavy explaining. Well, well, that's the point. They don't do any hand wavy explaining, so like they just kind of ignore the fact that he can. Is there a MacGuffin in this in this uh, movie? You know, there the only there's not a MacGuffin. The closest thing we get to a MacGuffin is Kevin Bacon's ability to just absorb everything, including yeah. bullets. Like it's just well, like very convenient. He, it's he, a very he, convenient thing. Like, oh well, if you, they try shooting him, he just absorbs the energy and then just touches somebody and kills them. Right. Yeah. And um, I, I did get tired of the effect of him like absorbing the energy and like the blurry, shaky effect. Yeah. Yeah. I, it, it was weird. cool once, but they overuse it, especially at the very end where he's in the uh, like the secret compartment of the sub, uh, absorbing all the radiation from the sub to. Like go nuclear to, to blow everything up or whatever. 
um, kind of right before Eric. Yeah, what would that's the other, I guess that's also the other thing. It's like if he can do that, yeah, why does he just not do that all the time? Right, exactly. Maybe because he's gonna maybe because it would kill him too. I don't know, but I get Kevin Bacon. So Kevin Bacon kind of had a rough go of it recently, like not recently, like during the time of this movie, like his manager stole all of his money. Um, and like, so mm. essentially bankrupted him. So, and for a while, like he was on top, right. Uh, back in the eighties, he did footloose and he did all that stuff, but he was, he was on top for a while. And then like his manager stole all of his money. Uh, you so you know how like Nick Cage does all this weird stuff that comes out on Hulu or Amazon. <laughs> Did you? Uh, yeah, because he, he has no money, right? Because he spends it all. He spends it all, or he he's in debt so much. Kevin Bacon's doing the uh, Kevin Bacon's kind of doing the same thing. You, he's making all these movies, but he's just trying to get his money back because his manager stole it all. Did you him. ever see? God, what was that film that came out on Netflix a couple? Actually, this past summer, where. Nick Cage is in a it's basically Friday night five nights at Freddy's it's on Hulu and it's called Willie's uh, have you okay have you watched or, it no but he doesn't have any speaking lines I've heard you need to watch it okay. I'll watch it fucking ridiculous I'll watch it this weekend no you need to you you must watch it and tell me your thoughts it is absurdly it's way more fun than it should be all right I'll watch it this weekend but he's yeah i'm not gonna spoil it but it is it's basically something you would he's the accidentally robot. rent he's, from blockbuster he's the robot creators <laughs> if i had to guess you'll see it's not okay. even that would actually make more that, no i'm not gonna say anything just watch he's a, it he's the ghost of somebody the robots killed oh okay no just um it is the lowest of lowest budgets version of um um, what's the movies with Keanu Reeves? Like it's John Wick. Yeah, it's basically John Wick. That's all I'm gonna say. Cool, I'm in. It's Nick Cage and a shoestring budget John Wick. Okay, I'm in. No, you're you're totally. You gotta watch it. I'm I'm not I'm not blowing okay. smoke. It is one of the most fun things I watched this summer. All right, I'll watch it. I'll send a picture when I watch it in our group chat. No, you, you know what? I'm going to say it. It's the most fun I had watching anything that wasn't a Marvel movie this, this past Whoa. five years. Whoa. That's it, nice. It's not good. It's a bad movie, but it's fun as hell. Like if I have a couple drinks, uh, will it make it better? Oh, no, I definitely was drinking. I was definitely <laughs> sipping some, some bourbon. <laughs> okay. All right. Cool. Yeah, you'll, you'll, you'll enjoy it. That's a recommendal to all you folks out there. Do we have anything else about this movie or did we pretty much cover it? I think we pretty much covered it. I mean, good film. I'm excited. I'm actually really excited to watch this quadrology. I know we never officially figured out what the fuck it's called. It's trilogy, called trilogy with Fox option. I think we just talked about that earlier this episode. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I say. Yeah. Uh, the saga. It was good. Um, so. I'm sure we'll do our ranking uh, after we watch um, Dark Phoenix, but um, my favorite is coming up. I think. I think my favorite's in the middle. Yeah, I, uh, I'm, I'm definitely excited. To Days of Future watch. Past is really good. Days of Future Past next week. Days of Future Past. Then we got 
Apocalypse. And then Dark and Phoenix. Then Dark Phoenix. Dark, Dark Phoenix. Um, Daniel Dyer, said he might join us for that one. So ooh, He'll bless us with his presence. Dyer, where can people find more of you and more of the show? Uh, you can sub to my only... Kidding. Uh, I'm on Twitter, at The Real Slim Jim, and our show is at Talk Marvel Plus. Yes, and you can find me at TMP Dennis. We have a Patreon over at patreon.com slash talking marvel plus there you can for just a mere dollar join our tier become a discord member um all tiers give you access to the discord but just a dollar lively chat with like-minded folks that love marvel lisa can you spell a dollar yes and uh head on over to anchor.fm slash talking marvel plus until next week folks do not forget it's Barbara time for real.